I had somebody ask me during COVID a very important question that changed my life. And that was, um, if you could do anything and know that you couldn't fail, what would you do? And the answer, becoming a trainer, came flying out of my mouth before I think I was like consciously thinking it. And like, it, I surprised myself in that moment and went, whoa. Like, ride with me if you ride with me, you can slide with me if you feel like 550 on the fast you can get high with me. All right, let's try this again. All right, take two. Welcome everybody, it's Hot Take from the Kitchen, episode two, season whatever. <laughs> I don't know how long we've been doing this, five years? Are very nice. Four years, five years? I don't know. Make Christy laugh, so. <laughs> so our guest tonight is Christy Johnson. Hello. A repeat guest, so welcome back. Thank you. Glad to be here. Happy to have you. Happy to have you. All right. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Hot Take from the Kitchen. And our email address is hottakefromthekitchen at gmail.com. It is H-O-T-T-A-K-E-F-R-O-M-T-H-E-K-I-T-C-H-E-N at gmail.com. And no emails or messages through Facebook. So we will get right into the hot takes then. Our first topic is Alpina's hockey run, which ended yesterday. But it was still a nice little run they had this year. Over 20 wins. and Well, they set the school record for wins. Didn't they? I didn't know that. Yeah. It's the winningest season in the history of Alpine hockey. Oh, that's fantastic. That's good. Yeah. So, and it's their first outright Bay North Championship in like 10 years. Oh, wow. So, they've split it a couple different times, but that third regional in a row. So, it was a good season for them, definitely. Yeah. Still can't get it past the court final, though. Yeah. It's tough. That's, that's for three years in a row we've yeah. made a bad yeah. sport final. So. It's tough. But there's a lot of hockey teams out there that are really good. Were there a lot of seniors this year? There's ten. Oh, wow. But okay. it was a well-balanced team. Mm -hmm. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens moving forward. There was definitely some leadership there mm -hmm. that um, will be sorely missed. I think the leading scorers are going to be on, which is Hinden. But other than that, there are definitely some talented kids that are left. There's a couple, it's certainly not bare, but some of the, one of the kids um, is talented enough that I don't even know if he'll be there next year either, though, because gotcha. like, he has opportunities. It'll be interesting to see what happens. It'll be interesting to see what team plays the next year, you know, I yeah. guess that's the best way of saying it. I mean, not knowing Alpina's rich hockey history, other than my involvement at Northern Lights Arena, um, just the what was most impressive to me, other than the gameplay, obviously, was seeing the way that the community just rallied for them. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was so fun from the blonde hair yeah. <laughs> to, you know, just the full out support in person and online. I mean, what a cool thing for the city. Alpina loves hockey. Yeah. Yes. I, I have gathered that. Yes. <laughs> it is um, unbelievable how much this town actually loves hockey. It actually, yeah. it's kind of. As I said before, it almost sometimes annoys me, but I mean, whatever. It's um, still cool. Don't get me wrong. I love it. So, um, they could put that on the welcome sign. Welcome to Alpina. We love hockey. <laughs> they should. Well, for the longest time, we were like Hockey Italian Junior. You know, that's what we were called. Oh. Uh, kind of um, after the Red Wings and so on and so forth. So, it's not a bad thing. It's only a good oh, thing. It yeah. is. It's, it's good for the city. So. Yeah. All right, topic number two, 
is the Alex Murdaugh trial. I didn't really pay attention to this one, but I know. Stop. Have you? Yes. So I was hoping, <laughs> the reason I picked this is I was hoping you were following it. Because, again, I only know bits and pieces. In fact, so much bad information that I don't even like to feel comfortable talking about it too much. But it is very much a trending thing. So, I mean, I feel like we do need to speak on it. I didn't know anything about this until one day um, I was talking about some terrible show that I was watching uh, with one of the girls in my gym. And she was like, you know what's even more interesting than that? What's happening in real life right now? And then she goes on to ask me if I was paying attention to this trial at all and was not on my radar at all whatsoever. But man, once you just like open that well, there are just layers on layers on layers on there. And right, I think probably the best resource that I've found so far was um, they did a Netflix documentary on them where they talked about five different bodies. Yes. Like that ended up, you know, deceased because or surrounding the Murdoch family and cover-ups and oh my gosh and the brutality of the deaths I mean it's just insane but what the the comp where the conversation went with um my friend Jesse was we both when the verdict came out that he was found guilty and he was going to be in prison for life with two sent two life sentences we were stunned because we thought his influence, his money, and everything else was going to get him right. away from it. The fact that he was a lawyer and had that kind of background yeah. to know how to get out of these kind of yeah. things, you know. Um, but none of that mattered. Like, justice was served. They said that his, him being a lawyer actually worked against him. Oh. <laughs> the, what I read was that his lack of empathy oh. or his lack of um, sorrow and his ability to communicate like a lawyer, like an attorney... Okay. Um, hurt him at some points with the jury. Okay. They felt because they just felt like he was just you know saying what he was supposed to say and not really getting answers out of them out of the answers they wanted from him. Yeah, they basically had nothing on him until they found the video footage on his son's phone. Snapchat. And once that oh, it was on Snapchat. I guess he snapped it. Okay. And I guess that's how. And then the video somehow got on. Yeah, you're right though. It was on his son's phone. It's wild. It would, but that was the big game changer. And yeah. you know what a lucky find. Yeah. Do you know anything about this or not really? No, not okay. really. So all you need to know is there's a guy. I know that, he killed his wife and his son. Right. Killed his wife and son. But this, this family has a long history of being in the political space in their community. It's, it's somewhat of a smaller knit community. Mm-hmm. And throughout the years, different deaths have happened surrounding this family. And I don't want to say no one's been able to pin it on them, but there's been some question whether they had some involvement in it these prior, prior to this feast. This yeah. murder right here. So yeah, cover up after cover up, and like his his son who he murdered because he had two sons and he chose not to murder one of them, so we know who his favorites there. <laughs> but, uh, his son that was murdered was one who was getting in trouble a lot. Like he had um, drunkenly driven a boat into a bridge, and a girl had gone flying off, and then you know later died because uh, they were un- unable to um, find her in those really precious moments, and so. Um, and so that was a cover-up, and some other stuff happened. It was um, I haven't gotten to the episode yet where they talk about how his former nanny got killed, but like things like that. And so it was like Paul, Paul was causing so much trouble that 
he became a liability, and they that's why they think he killed him. Well, you see on TV, like she said, well, you, well, you, you'll watch them and you think, oh, okay, that's crazy. What's actually happening in real life, like, this is a real life mm -hmm. thing, and it's wild. Yeah. All right. Well, there's something on Netflix I might have to watch. Yeah, yes. for sure. <clears throat> we could come back and revisit this, and you could tell me what you think. Yeah. I will do this. Yeah. All right. And topic number three is who's going to run for mayor. So, do you or know? Who should run for yeah, mayor? Yeah, Matt Walgar has told me numerous times that he's not running for mayor again. So, Alpina will have a vacant mayor. Right. And Matt, this is really the only reason I picked this is because I went under one record saying that it's not going to be me. Because <laughs> Matt Walgar has been telling people, like, I think Steve should do it. It's not going to be me. What? But here, okay, I can give you a bevy of reasons why I think that just being in a political office is just such a thankless job. Right. Um, and so hard, so, so hard. Everybody is ready to throw stones, things like that. But I want to hear your perspective of why you wouldn't want that job. That would primarily be it. I, I don't think I'm emotionally equipped to handle okay. that part of it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, haters are haters, whatever. You can move on from it. But um, I'm, I am a firm believer of not liking to speak on, even right here with this Alex thing we just talked about, I don't like to speak on things unless I know everything there is to know. Okay. So that's why, like, not very often do I get involved in Facebook comments and arguments just because I know there's always another side to the story or there's some information that I'm going to have to be privy to that really does make a big difference in the situation. I would have, and, and then, so when those moments do come, I have a hard time, like, even when, like, when, the, when we had that poop smell in town last summer. <laughs> yeah. Right? We had that poop smell. <laughs> and it was horrifying. Yeah. We all know that. But the first thing that came to my mind was, did the government sanction DPI, a did they make a chemical illegal for them to use? That was the first thing that crossed my mind that was masking the smell. So now they could no longer mask the smell. Like, that was the first thing that came into my mind. I was like, is this something that's almost out of their control and everyone's getting mad at it because they don't want poop smell. Like, nobody, they're like <laughs> we, you know, nobody wanted that. So <laughs> nobody's Mr. Burning's rinsing their hand and being like, excellent. Yes. The city smells like yes, poop. exactly. <laughs> I finally have accomplished what I've been trying to do for so long. Maybe it, I could be wrong again. I mean, but so, but those are the type of thing, thoughts that I always have in my mind. I'm always trying to, I guess, give everyone the benefit of the doubt and blah blah blah. But um, yeah, that would be. I, I think there are some good that I could do. I think you know, but. Um, for the most part, yeah, I don't think I could handle it, like, all that, you yeah. know. Like, I mean, and think about the things that just during his tenure that Matt's had to deal with. Like, he's had to become a fluoride expert. Yeah. He's had to deal with poop smells. Yeah. I mean, just a laundry list of things, and and everybody gets mad that he's not an expert on absolutely everything all the time, yeah. you know? And the mayor in our town, since we have a city manager, who's amazing, by the way, yeah. that... So the mayor's just a meat shield, long story short. I mean, like, or PR. I mean, he does have some influence, but a lot of the serious decisions are made by city council and the city manager, so it's just weird to me. Um, more of a ceremonial position, and I just, yeah. Do you have someone, though? Could you think of someone? The only person I think is you, but I know you're not going to do it, <laughs> yeah. so. Okay, fair enough. Chris, do you have anyone? Um... Outside of those present, of course. Yeah. Um, 
the first person that popped in my mind was Jackie Krawcheck. Yeah, Jackie would be good. Um, yeah, Jackie would be really good. Um, do you think it's something that Cindy Johnson would be interested in? That would be interesting. One of the current state council members. Um, you know, all, it's also worth saying that I helped Cynthia with her campaign last year, mm -hmm. and I still have baggage from that, like scarring um, and. Yeah. Um, it wasn't an ugly campaign by any stretch of the imagination, and, uh, but po watching politics work yeah. and knowing how things went down behind the scenes with certain things, that type of stuff really bothers me. Sure. And um, there would be no way of not being involved. Like, when you're in politics, you're in politics. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So, I, and some of that stuff really upset me. And um, I just... Wouldn't want to deal with that. I like I volunteer in lower level things, and um, like you, I was a chamber ambassador yeah. at one time, and I stopped doing that so I could join the DDA board. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing the amount of projects that we're working on to improve things around here that people just love to take a dump on. Yeah, it's just it it boggles my mind, and it. And I find myself getting defensive about these projects because we're putting our heart and soul and a lot of time into them. And then just to see people beat it up, beat up almost anything that we've put out there online just is, it, it is, it takes a lot out of you. Yeah. But um, to do it at a higher level like mayor, yeah. forget about it. The, the thing that I, I always get frustrated with it that you guys do so well, incredibly well being on that board is I hate... How uh, we will like let's use Cleveland Plaza right as an example. We've had uh, you know they, it goes on record that we're going to look on improving the plaza. We're going to have a meeting that anybody wants to come down and give their input on. Please come in now. No one shows up. No one showed up. So then we're okay. I guess we're just going to go with it. Well, let's get some people in here. To tell us like let's hire some people to design a plaza. Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Okay, everybody here that looks great. Sounds awesome. All right, let's put it out there. And then somebody from the news, we're getting ready to do our final vote on it. And then somebody from the news covers it and everybody's like, like you said, everybody then all of a sudden shits on it <laughs> on the 12th hour, literally, you know. And I just, whether it's the RV park, whether it was the State Street Cinema, whether it's this Culligan Plaza, I always love how people like to get involved in the last minute and just kind of, I don't want to say wreck things, but I just wish they would get involved in things sooner. That, that, I think that's it. I will say... Um, and, and, and yes, um, you know, we do, we do ask for public opinion a lot with the DDA projects, but with Culligan Plaza in, in particular, as a DDA board member, that was never run by me. Okay. Um, it was, it was very much a city council thing. Yeah. And, um, we did have some representation on the board that was putting that together in Anne and Mike Muller, who's our president. Okay. So we did have folks um, that were representing, but once it all came out, we had this very this conversation at, at the DDA board meeting where I was like, come on, <laughs> like what's going on here? And why wasn't this more of a DDA conversation? Um, but it, and, and we worked through that and yeah. I think we've become a better board because of it. Yeah. You know, that, those are the honest kind of conversations we have to have. And I, I gotta be honest, I really do like the new proposed, newly proposed design that they mm -hmm. put out more so than the first one. I'm just wondering how we're going to afford it. Yeah. And that'll be the, the big question mark. Um, I know that, you know, Allison's dad was the city engineer for, you know, 20 plus years. And I know that he was talking about redoing Culligan Plaza for a long time. Oh, it needs it. Yeah. So, Period. like, 
it, like I said, it's just always, I just get frustrated with things because only thing we've done, as you said, it's just, we're wasting resources. Yeah. And tax dollars, my money, your money, your money. And <laughs> I just get frustrated with things like that. Then again, I also know that, I, did you ever go to the Michigan meeting where public input was given on what, once the RV park was shot down, Everybody was able to come and talk about what they think it should be. Yeah. Yeah, and we have 800 people that are all talking about what they think it should be. And you're like, well, there's no way that's one place could be 800 different things, 800 different people. Right. So I do understand that there is that involved in it. So yeah, That was a shit show. You went to that meeting. <laughs> yes, right? I did. Yeah. Well, was... Some, somebody was complaining that Casey was getting the warming station. Yeah. I... That was one of my favorite. Nobody wanted it for so long, and then somebody gets it, and then somebody bitches about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things ever. Like, that meeting was one of my favorite. Like, if, and, you know, kudos to everybody who came and gave me their input. I was going to say, like, getting 800 people to pitch in yeah. at all, at, even just opinion-wise, is a big feat and a point in the right direction, as long as they don't leave expecting, like, whatever magic wand they yeah. think is going to make all of these things happen, yeah. happen. And, that, and my favorite thing through that whole meeting was, is everybody wanted their thing to be on the, on the water. Ah. Yeah, like, so, like, the volleyball players, we want to be on the water, and then we're like, well... <laughs> Maybe if you took your giant volleyball courts and moved it to where the softball fields, you, no, we got to be by the water. It's beach volleyball. Which again, like and I guess what we can bring sand up. The it was just it was just kind of funny. Like it was. And then the guys that drew from Bay City that wanted to kiteboard, like like we come up twice a year and kiteboard here. I'm like, all right, what is going on here right now? I was just like the whole thing was just fabulous to me. Like, didn't somebody want to cut down the trees? Too? Yeah. Well, no. The, well. Yeah, because you can't put oh, it the kite borders on the kite. Yeah, because the, the kite borders were they did they have lines, so they didn't want the trees. It was just amazing. <laughs> yes, it was good stuff. Yeah, it was. But anyways, good times. Good times. But hold on, nothing happened, right? It's still in purgatory. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, COVID happened. Yeah, I was gonna say in, yeah. in, in their defense or whoever was in charge of that, COVID did happen, and of course everything kind of just stopped, and I think that's. The interesting thing is things are restarting. But we still got the ice tree. Yeah. But I, we did I'm, I'm not a fan of the ice tree, I gotta I, be honest. I, well, Gaylor's ice tree was glorious. I drove by oh. it and I was like, look at their ice tree, Alice. And she's like, holy cow. And what's funny is I was like, you know what's kind of weird? I missed the ice tree this year oh. because it's just, and I think I wouldn't have missed it if they didn't put the metal racking with the, yeah. with the two Christmas trees crisscross and then yeah. it's just sitting there. It's such an eyesore. With the ice tree sign there. Yeah. And it's like, uh, yeah. It's a little embarrassing. Yeah, you're right. So Good no intent. Ice tree. Yes. So, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have anything on right your chest now? Do you want to say the thing that you said you were going to say or talk about? Yes, yeah, so tell me now, everything. Not, since I've been really quiet. Yeah. So I was watching a Michigan game today, and I'm texting Steve. And my big, I don't, it's probably because I'm getting old and I'm tired of seeing these young people do these stupid things, but three-point celebrations, they're getting out of control. Mm. I was fine with three goggles, you know, make a three, put the goggles up. Good for you, yes. But the celebration Hunter Dickinson does right now, I find it kind of obscene. I mean, he makes a three, then he puts his, takes three fingers and puts it in between his legs. 
Yeah. Like, I don't think you should be doing that. But that's just me. I would give him a technical for it. Interesting. But I, I can understand your point in, like, maybe it should be, like, a technical. If it's on the verge of the technical. I mean, Sam Cassell couldn't do his thing after a while. So I just think it's getting to that point. I have no problem with the celebration after the three. I just think you need to make a couple before you do it. Yes. So like if you make one, okay. If you make two, all right, maybe you're heating up in the NBA jam rule of three in a row. I think after, if you make three in a row, you can do whatever the hell you want. (laughs) And I think if you keep firing up, like Steph does have some great nights where he's hitting like nine, ten three-pointers. You can pretty much do anything you want at that point. But when you hit your first one, the throw-up gestures and goggles or whatever, I think you should just need yeah. to give it a minute. Yeah. Do you feel I, how you feel? I get that. I yeah. get that. But I just I find a different celebration. You know, I, that's just so you just don't like Hunter's celebration. Really, is what you're talking. Well, I don't like most of the three-point celebrations to begin yeah. with. But his, I'm just I take. I don't know why I take offense to it. But do you I think it's crass? Hundred yes. percent. Yes, okay. it is very crass. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I just, yeah. I guess I'm just. You got little kids watching the game. And yeah. And kids mimic. Yes. Players. So oh my gosh. They're so going to see kids. a third grader do it. Yeah. <laughs> that is very much a real thing. That that is going to happen. We we even know that because we've seen it with my kid. Yeah. You know. So I mean, he would mimic and do things that would drive me up the wall. So like, uh, just it happens. Back in the day when the Fab Five was alive, I didn't know any boy that went to my school that didn't wear black Nikes. It's very much a real thing. Yep. 100%. So yeah, there is some influence there and you have great power comes great responsibility. Yes. So... My, I just aged myself by saying yeah, that. You wrote the right two guys. <laughs> Thank yeah, God. Right. You just went up in the cool book. Oh, place. phew. So I'll grab Mike and I'll tell you what my problem is. All right. <laughs> tell me everything. My problem is, it's really simple. I don't understand why you can use your off arm now to dribble. Oh, it's out of control. Indiana today was bad. Their guards were like stiff arm, our defenders. And my problem is, is I don't, I didn't have a problem with the good old stiff arming back in the day, but now you can literally travel and pick up your dribble and do all this other stuff to aid yourself that you shouldn't have to need to be able to stiff arm your freaking defender. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. I said this years ago with Michigan State when yeah. they were doing it. Yeah. Like, it's just like flat. I mean, it was just so egregious today watching them. I was like, how is that even legal? How can you even allow that to happen? But but we did. So I'm again. I'm just, I'm putting. I'm an old man with get off my lawn mode. You're talking to an old man. So. Yeah, that was definitely your your gripe was kind of an old man thing. But that's okay. Like if it's your gripe. It's your gripe. Oh, whatever. Okay, so I'm good now. Are you out? You feel better? I'm, I'm good. Yes. Do you feel better? Yes. Okay. Much better. What if Hunter Dickinson stopped doing it? Would you feel better? Yes. But what if he didn't make any more three-pointers? Would that upset you? No. Okay. <laughs> All right. I have another thing, but <laughs> one other subject. So. You don't like the hunter shoots threes? That's right. Yeah. I can I'm under- glad he makes them once in a while. I can understand why you don't like that, but that's not fair to him. I know. Because he wants to play at the next level, and the only way he's going to go to the NBA is he has to show, show that he can shoot a three-pointer. 
So he's just trying to make it to the next level. And you, I, I agree. I mean, I don't like it either. But what the the reality of the situation? He's just trying to do what's best for himself. Even if you don't necessarily agree with it, and maybe I, part of me doesn't, but I understand what's going on. Yeah. He can have fun in Europe because yeah. that's where he's going anyway. I don't know, man. Yeah. Every time I think I have it figured out, he needs to get stronger to play in the NBA. I I, I, I kind of disagree, but again, that's okay. You're seven one getting blocked by six nine guy because you can't jump high enough. Come on. Uh, <laughs> like. I you're not wrong with that criticism, but part of it is college basketball versus pro. Like you're able to do things in college that you can't do in pro. And I think when he gets to the NBA, he he can just do so much more. He's got to get there first. Yeah. Well, he's going to go to the NBA. I don't know how long they'll stick around, but let me ask you one more thing, man. Yeah. You are very negative tonight. I know. I okay. Am. I did not know that. We should have rescheduled this tonight. <laughs> So, next question. Do you think he should come back next year? Yes, he should. He has, what, two years left? No, one, one year. He's but he, a junior. He's played but he has a COVID year. I don't know if they're doing those or not anymore. I don't know. Well, if you play during COVID, you get a year. Yeah. All right. So, I, again. He should come back for two, maybe three. Well, I don't know about that. I'm not happy about the COVID thing. We talked about that the other night. But, um, yeah. No, I, I don't know. I don't know if he should come back next year. Part of me wants him to, and part of me doesn't. I think Michigan would be better without him. It could be. But. Like I've always said, if you're not the number one pick, you can always improve. So. Well, I mean. Hey, if you're the number one pick, you can't go up. You can only go down. So if you're not the number one, you can always go up somehow. Curious, with your. I mean, it's not. I'm not saying it's going to happen. Okay. But. So, okay. I was like, so curious. Do you think Jabari? So Jabari Smith should have definitely came out last year because yeah. he was supposed to go number one. Everyone said you're going number one. You're going number one. You're going number one. You're going number. But then he doesn't go number one. He's not having a good year in the NBA. Everyone now, the majority of the people are saying you maybe should have stayed one more year. But the hype was so real of him going number one. I'm just at this point being devil's advocate with you right now. So, just well, there curious. Are three people who could have went number one. It's a crapshoot. Okay. So you're saying if you're talked about as being number one, but not the number one. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm fine with that. But then, okay, that works for me. That was my problem with Mo Wagner. Everybody says, oh, he should just come out because he can't get any better. What, what the last thing? Just one yes. last thing. Yes. Is, do you feel it's easy for you as a person that's pretty, I want to choose the right words, secure in your life? Whereas if you're maybe a 19-year-old kid that doesn't have anything other than what you're getting for college, which now sounds, which sounds terrible because college is a lot of different now. Yes. But some of these kids come from nothing. I know. I, I get it. I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I, just, I just think that some people make the wrong choice. But Yeah. I, I think I'm pro player and I'm pro get your money. I've always been that way, unfortunately. Even if it means like, you might not make it in the NBA, but if you get your million-dollar contract, of course, a lot of these kids then aren't smart with the money. So, but that's a different yeah. conversation. But I always think, you know, if especially some of these kids where you know they they don't have nothing, you know. So if you can get yourself out of that situation, I'm all for it. You know, of course, now college basketball is different. We just had this conversation oh, yeah. last night, so. 
It is what it is, right? Yeah. Now. I'm not mad about it. So, I, I don't like it, but I, I mean, I'm conflicted. I, I miss college basketball, but I'm glad the NCAA isn't just the ones getting the money now. Oh, yeah. I'm glad that the players are getting paid now. Oh, of course. Yeah. So, That's nice. Yeah. They're making millions of dollars in college already. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not just basketball either. Oh, no. Football is ridiculous. Gymnastics. Yeah. Get paid. You know, whatever. So, yeah. All right. Well, we'll wrap this up. We're going to come back and talk with Christy. All right. And then um, we have a good top five tonight. How do you feel about the top five? Are you more comfortable with it now? I was nervous, but it made Brad so excited I couldn't say no. Yeah. That's a really fair. I knew the minute like we kind of got there, I was like, oh, Brad's going to like that. Um, last week, or the last pod, the last two podcasts we've had scheduled, both have had excellent top fives. Um, the one with Cam Givens. Uh, we did top five war movies, yes. which we loved. And then Griffin was supposed to be last week, and we were going to do top five CDs that you physically held in your hand. Oh, wow. And then, uh, so it could be based on album art. It could be the opening experience of it, yeah. or it could be the music itself and then how much you love it, which That's you being a former DJ was probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's so uh, we were really excited about that one, and then Griffin bailed on us. So... Uh, <laughs> And he was like, well, we can just do it next Saturday. I'm like, no, we're like, I don't know if we're, we're probably not going to get you back on. Like, I mean, and I mean, don't mean like ever. It's just we have everyone scheduled out for like eight weeks now. So like, I don't know when he's going to slide. Like someone would have to cancel that. I so. hope you just, you realize what you just did. Yeah. Which is the next time that anybody who listens to this gets the three of you in the room, they're going to be like, what's your top five? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. They're going to be asking about those CDs, so you better have those answers ready. I do. <laughs> you know, I think Brad and I have the same number one. I have all kinds of number ones. Yeah. My number one CD of all time is um, Midnight Marauders. Oh, uh, yeah. It's either that or Low End Theory. Yeah. Not only because Low End Theory is in my top five, but it's not my number one because Low End Theory itself is kind of boring. Like the album. The packaging. The packaging. But when you when I saw that CD, I must have spent an hour looking at all the different faces of all the different rappers trying to decipher. And the fact that I spent so much time just studying the the CD itself mm-hmm. put it number one for me. Yeah. On top of it being an amazing album. And the artwork's phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. I've I wanted so long to do an Alpina version of that. Oh, okay. Like to get like, you know, just fifty of our friends. Have them just come in. I'd, I'd have like just the booth set up. You come in. You can wear whatever prop you want. You can bring whatever you want that's to you. But it's only your head. So you got to know that you're, it's just going to be your face. So if you get a hat, headphones, whatever. And then we just do it. And then brilliant. It'll be fun. You make it happen. Yeah. All right. Wrap it up. Come back. Hey, ride with me if you ride with me. You can slide with me if you feel like 550 on the fast sticky. Can all right, Christy. With me. So what all... I'm trying to figure out. I'll let you decide how you want to do this. Because <laughs> a lot has changed with you since you've been on last. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, it's almost... It's a lot to unpack, right? Obviously. So where, where would you like it to start? How, let's do this. How did you get into personal training? Oof. COVID. 
COVID baby. Um, I had somebody ask me during COVID a very important question that changed my life. And that was, um, if you could do anything and know that you couldn't fail, what would you do? And the answer, becoming a trainer, came flying out of my mouth before I think I was like consciously thinking it. And like, it, I surprised myself in that moment and went, whoa. And um, had a conversation with a couple of trusted friends and kind of put a plan together to, to make it happen. And it snowballed way quicker than I thought it would. Um, honestly, I, <laughs> after I had made that proclamation, I thought to myself, I gave it some thought and said, you know, maybe there's some there there. Uh, you know, maybe this would just be good, a good thing for me to look into so that I could have additional um, knowledge as far as being a roller derby coach and, um, you know, and my own physical fitness. And then, um, <laughs> no, it went way beyond that, like very quickly, even though I was still trying to run Family Enterprise, I tried doing both for a while. And um, I was inspired by all of the women in our town who were running double businesses, like Molly Allen and Joanna Cooper and um, Jess Beattie at the time. And uh, I thought, I can do it. If they can do it, I can do it. And then I thought, oh my God, I don't wanna do this anymore. And that's when you know massive changes started to happen. <clears throat> what? Do you did you have an epiphany or a moment where you're like I am going to go full? So, so I, one of my things that I love and um, a common theme that we've had when we first started interviewing people on the pod was I love people that go all in. Mm -hmm. it, I, I, it's like my favorite thing, and it's something for that I have really struggle have struggled with over the past four years has been having the stones where cause you have responsibilities as well mm -hmm. to go out and maybe chase a dream or like you said, the question, if you couldn't fail, what would you do? Um, how did you, was there a moment where you're like, okay, you know what? I'm going to push away family enterprise and I'm going to start personal training or did, was it more of a gradual thing as you started it, getting more and more clients and you realized that it could be a thing or? I mean, if I'm going to be a hundred percent honest, I wasn't sure if family enterprise was going to survive COVID. Okay. And so it also was kind of like, it'd be cool to have this instead of just bartending in my back pocket. Cause I knew I wasn't going to go back into radio. And, um, and so, so there was a little bit of safety net there, but, um, I said, okay, I'll take on like one or two clients. And then all of a sudden I have eight people contacting me and I'm trying to like fit people in, in different spots, like just before and after work. So I'm working like 15 hour days, but though that little sandwich was some of the best parts of my life. And so then, um, it got to a point where I had a conversation with somebody and one of my clients came in and she said, how was your day today? And I said, it depends which side of the wall was I on because um, my gym is now housed in the building where um, fam Family Enterprise was. And I just found that I was, um, it's, it's a very difficult job. It's very stressful. It's deadline oriented and there's a million ways that things can go wrong. And um, I found that training was the opposite of that. I mean, there are ways that things could go wrong, but really I found so much natural joy just in that work. And I wasn't finding that at Family Enterprise. I was running, I was, I was running my mom's dream. You know, I was, I was serving 
um, in a different way than I get to now. And like with every fiber of my being, I absolutely love what I do. And I am here to tell you there is no other way to live. Yeah. Like I just, I, I, now that I know that I, that I can do this and that I can serve people in a way that I find is meaningful and fulfilling to me, I can't go back to anything else (laughs) and especially working for other people. Right. (laughs) You know, and that's, I, I think I'm at the point where you were at, where like my nine to five, and I'm very grateful and I love my nine to five. And as they've actually added more responsibility, things have changed there for me, you know, mm-hmm. but I definitely, there's a path with me doing photography, video work where I could just go on my own. I mm-hmm. feel like I have enough because I just turn away stuff. I don't really advertise stuff. And if I did all that, I could only imagine probably what would happen then. Oh, right. Right. Because you know, right. everything I do is pretty much referral or word of mouth. Yeah. I do, you know, I don't even hardly post on Facebook, like photography stuff. Like I'll post funny stuff or car stuff a lot. But um, like stuff like, you know, the weddings stuff. I just turned a whole bunch of pictures over to Bride today. You know, I think I did one post about I do I do a first look. So I always mm, push the yeah. first look out because I said I'll give you 10 to 12 photos within 24 hours. And then you get it. But um. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, very envious. I think that is the word. And I'm not the only one. You know, my friend, you know, Rick is the same way. You know, Rick really thinks all the time about trying to. Uh, he definitely does not want to be behind a desk. Right. I think. With that, I mean, you know, Rick. So yeah. you know, his goal I think in his life is not to be behind a desk, or you know, and work for someone. I think. Um, self-sufficient in his own way so I don't know you know so I think we we one of the main conversations him and I have on a day-to-day basis is that and it's interesting to hear you say that there's no going back in that no and here's the best news the best news is it's never too late to do that yeah you can always choose a different path and I know that that's that's hard to say because the number one thing that got in my way was I I would do this but I have this obligation to my mom I would do this but I have these employees who are counting on me. But when I actually let go of those ideas and went, okay, but how can we make this work in a way where the employees are taken care of, where um, my parents are taken care of, and um, where I feel good about everything that happened. Um, And you you stay open to those possibilities. Um, You kind of can co-create. I know this is going to sound woo-woo, but you kind of co-create your life with the universe. Yeah. You know? I'm a big, um, you know, putting your attention out there. Mm -hmm. You know, I I was on Greg at the Hippie. He had a podcast for a short period of time. And I was on his episode. And we spent a lot of time talking about intention and the power there is of putting that in the universe. Mm -hmm. But not singing it to yourself, you know, not just saying like, even in this pod, you know, being and willing to let people know like, Hey, I am a photographer. Yeah. You know, I do take pictures. That yeah. is something like, I, not like, Oh, it's just something I kind of do on the side, you know, you know, like for you to say, I am a trainer. That is what I do. Yeah. You have to believe these things about yourself. This is, this is one of my core principles in training is you can't wish your way to what you want. You can't wish your way to strong. You have to believe that you are that strong person and you have to do the things that a strong person would do. You live the life of the strong person and you become that person. 
You know what I mean? Yep. Like you have 100%. the healthy, um, the healthy regimen and that supports a healthy lifestyle and you become that healthy person. It's, you can't just say, man, I wish I was healthy, man. I wish I was strong. You need to believe it and then act as that person does. This is kind of a good segue into what I wanted to ask you next. What maybe makes you a little bit different or sets you apart from like, I go to the Apex, Brad works out from home. There's the Bay Athletic Club. What makes your setup, your gym a little bit different? Privacy. Okay. Um, I'm primarily work in personal training. So I work with, I think my group, my personal training group is somewhere between 36 and 42 people. And I work with each of them one-on-one, -on -one, but we do come together as a group. So we are very tight-knit community. In fact, we did a brunch yesterday morning uh, where, well, depending on when you're listening to this, um, last weekend we did a brunch and um, we all came together and we all talked about what we're working on personally. Some people talked about career, some people talked about finances, some people talked about health goals, um, but for them, and some people talked about water intake. I mean, it, it's, it's like the, some people talked about their kids, mm -hmm. but you get that many smart people in a room and you start solving problems like crazy. Yeah. And so we've built this like beautiful, strong community of women who support each other and the community and the ability to be able to, because most of the people that come to me do not have a good relationship with fitness. It's bad. Um, I mean, not everybody, but a lot, the majority of, of my clientele started out in a bad place with fitness. I would think, would you, again, you're more professional than I am. I would say majority of people don't have a good relationship with fitness. That's my hot take. Um, I think that because of the different environments that they've been exposed to, like, and it starts at like, and I'm not trying to dog any of our current programs here in Alpena at all whatsoever. I am generalizing right now. Um, but you remember like the presidential fitness test yes. that we had to take in, in elementary school, yeah. you know, I still can't climb up a rope yeah. and I don't know why I was asked to, yeah. but apparently, well, actually I have done some research in that and it is bananas, but that's a different story for a different day. Um, but it's bad, um, associations of fitness with things like that, that we find embarrassing, um, that make it not something that we necessarily want to have as part of our lives because there's a lot of shame built around that. And so when, when clients come to me, they have a place where they can work one-on-one -on -one and they don't feel like they're on display. And so that's, that's where we can help get past that to where they start to build the confidence and then they can start to go out in public if they decide to. I think I have a friend that a division one athlete, freakish athlete, I would even go and say, and, and part of him, he was such a freak, part of him still is freakish. Okay. Okay. But he has such a negative experience with exercise so it's training like yeah you need to bench to this amount and you need to get up at 5 a.m and so he hates working out now because that the trauma of that whole experience yep. for him is real and every time he walks up to a piece of exercise equipment he's reliving that whole yep. experience all over again and i i feel for him because there's nothing more than he wants to do to get in shape but at the same time th there's real baggage there and then there's real you know things that go along with that. I would highly recommend um, he work with somebody who's trauma-informed as far as therapy goes um, because there's no, there's no um, amount of personal training knowledge 
that's going to be able to help with that. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that, I mean, that is some deep work that needs to happen, but I do, it's on the form, my intake form. When I bring on a new client, I ask them, have you ever had a negative experience with, a uh, in a training environment or in a physical fitness environment. And um, I have a girl that I currently work with who was a college athlete. She was a softball player. And her coach actually got fired for the way that they just ran those girls until they would throw up, you know, things like that. I mean, it was brutal. And so when she, she and I started working together, it was like I'd ask her to do something and she would do it to the – and I'd want her to do it, you know, to the um, – 10th degree and she would do it to the 26th and I'd be like all right let's let's peel it back it's cool it's cool you're okay to do this here you don't have to you know kill yourself in the gym it's interesting how there's so much toxicity with some of that long ago and it's not just uh training I think you know I think we've become a little more as society um willing to look at things you know I think one of the athletes growing up for, I was just talking with Allison this morning about Michael Jordan mm-hmm. and I was listening to his hall of fame speech and we were just listening to it. And if you listen to it once, if you listen to it as a fan of Michael Jordan, you're like, Oh, that's Mike. He's, man, he's, he's the greatest. That's why he's the greatest. Mm-hmm. You, you, you think that, but then if you look at it through a different lens, you also go, he is, that's why he's toxic. Mm. Interesting. That's why he was just overbearing. That's why he was probably a bad teammate to some of those guys. Yeah. You know, and it's funny how the same person, you know, what made him so great was his drive, his determination, and his ability to not let anything stand in the way. And whether that be friend, teammate, spouse, Mm -hmm. you know. So um, it's just interesting to hear you talk about things like that. And I I do feel for my friend and your client because I think – I don't know if some of the, the trainers train that way anymore. I'm sure they're still out there that, you know, push people beyond where right. they, they need to go. But Oh, they're definitely still out there. Yeah. Um, I want to get into your newest certification. Is there anything um, more, though, that you want to talk about um, with your... Because I think you have a different vibe in the way you believe in the person as a whole being... Um, with training and body image and things like that. I don't know if you wanted to touch on that at all before we go into the badassery thing. Because <laughs> we're going to pivot hard, kind of hard, right? Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. But I, I, I think the most helpful thing that I can say for your listeners is if you, if you have a desire to make a change with your physical life, you need to first become your own best friend. And until you opt to do that and heal some of the parts with you that may be somewhat damaged from your past relationship with fitness, it's not going to really go anywhere. Or at least it's not going to be sustainable and and hang on. Um, I am... um, I am somebody who believes very much in supporting yourself, you know, in, on the physical, emotional, and, and spiritual level. Like, you need to have all three for everything to really, really gel. But, the most, but to get started, the most important thing is to just find something that you like. Like, and lean into that. You know, lean hard into that. Um, and if you 
because I, I, when I started um, playing roller derby, that was the first time I'd ever done anything physically that I actually enjoyed. Okay. I was like, okay, I like roller skating and the idea of hitting people sounds fun. <laughs> so let's try that. And then once I did that, I was like, okay, now if I want to be good at it, I know I have to do off skates training. So I better get in the gym, oh, but I hate running. And then I found out, oh, but you can throw around a kettlebell quickly and get some cardio in that way. And maybe I don't have to do these things that I don't like to do. Right. And that's kind of, you know, where this whole idea of Skelefit just kind of blossomed from. Awesome. Yeah. So let's talk about what you've just done. <gasps> so, uh... I always feel like I'm bragging when I'm talking about this, but I didn't know this when I started the certification program, but I'm the first um, pretty deadly self-defense trainer in North America. And the class that I'm kicking off um, very shortly here in March is going to be the very first uh, pretty deadly self-defense class in North America, like certificate or not certification program, but six week course. Um, and I'm so stoked. It's right now, it's very popular in um, Asia, Africa, and Europe, but they didn't have any trainers in the U.S. So, um, How did you find this? I uh, Actually, I had a counselor uh, here in Alpena reach out to me, and she was concerned because she had a um, transgender client who um, was very afraid and um, shared with her that when they walked home from work at night, they would carry a roll of quarters in their hand in case anybody attacked them. And to which she said, please stop doing that. If you hit somebody with a roll of quarters in your hand, you're gonna break your hand. Yeah. And so she approached me and said, is there something that you can do? I know you do boxing. Is there something that you can do, a course that you can teach to help people in our community? Because clearly we need it. And um, it broke my heart. And I said, I will absolutely do this, but I I want to make sure that I do it right. I'm not going to just teach people how to box. Right. That doesn't really seem appropriate. So I, start, I started searching for a certification program. And when I found Pretty Deadly, it was like, it, it was like, the computer screen started glowing like, oh, like I would, I was just, these are my people. Right. And I couldn't, I couldn't have made a better decision. I feel so good about it because it talks about, um, you know, it, it starts with very small aggressions, um, you know, office creeps, things like that, and moves all the way into physical violence and how to deal with all of it rather than just, here's a cool punch I'm going to teach you. Hope you can remember it. You know, right. that kind of thing. Yeah. So I'm really, I'm really excited. And I want to do work with the senior center and I, you know, and, and work with some of these other communities that we don't really, you know, think about it might feel better just knowing that within themselves, they have the ability to protect themselves. Yeah. So you have a class starting then, right? Yeah. Okay. When is that one starting? tomorrow <laughs> oh so if you wanted it's probably too late um yeah but uh, this, this is, is something i intend to do you know okay. um on a repeated basis i've already got a, a gym down in oscoda that wants me to come down and teach there um so yeah i i definitely i did not anticipate this being like the next you know road for for Scalifit, but it's i've fallen so hardly and so hard in love with it yeah. that i think i'll be doing it for a while how long is it? Like, is it six six weeks, two months? It's six weeks, um, one hour a week. Okay. We get together. All right. And um, you get a 
little graduation ceremony at the end and it's it's pretty cool is it now is this a one-on-one thing still like you do or is this like a group class it's or? a small group class okay. yeah, right. yeah 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 i'll never have more than well like i don't want to say never but in yeah. the space where i'm working right now over at josh joshua tree studio it won't be more than 12 people okay yeah awesome um i know i've had a couple people that i know all really interested in it you cool. know just um so and i think it's amazing and i think it's Sadly, you need it. In a world, in a perfect world, we don't need any of that, right? Right, right. But the reality is, is we do, so. Yeah, and I mean, I I chose uh, Women's History Month to launch this, and um, actually, Wednesday will be Women's, um, International Women's Day. Okay. And so, you know, I wanted those to launch in the same week, and I just thought that it was just a really cool way, since this first group of people that I'll be working with are women, 18 and older. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. So what's next? Oh, God. (laughs) Well, um, actually, I'm starting a Sober Curious book club. Okay. Um, That's something that the last podcast that I was on, I actually proclaimed, I love alcohol. And and when I listened back to that, that took me aback a bit. And I really started to give some thought to my relationship with alcohol and... um, I started reading some of the quit lit. I didn't yeah. know it had a, a name like that, but I thought, I, I mean, why wouldn't we just call it quidditcher? Yeah, nice. <laughs> I like that. I but like that a lot. I dove into it and I started reading this book um, called This Naked Mind. And uh, it was just brilliant. And I, but I was having some hard, a hard time kind of digesting some of the material. And I thought, you know what? I'm probably not the only person who's kind of interested in this and um, who could use the help in, you know, figuring out. And like I said, I found that community is just an amazing thing, an amazing yeah. resource. And so why not get folks together who are interested in um, just finding out more about it? You know, yeah. this isn't like something hardcore, like we're going to get together and, okay, you have to pledge that you're an alcoholic and you're never going to drink again. Yeah. You know, this is just, let's find out a little bit about the neuroscience behind, you know, what alcohol does. And then you can make your own decision, yeah. like a grown-ass woman you are. Yeah. I have spoke, I, I have a, long history with alcohol. My dad was an alcoholic. Um, and so I have an experience with alcohol from just a, at a young point in my life where a lot of it's negative. That's not to say I won't drink and have a good time or whatever, you know, and I guess that's part of the mindset right there of having a good time and drinking on the same yes. thing, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But um, uh, it's interesting because I have not done it as much. I mean, I can tell you, I can count on these three fingers the three times I've drank since Thanksgiving. Oh, wow. So I've really cut it out a lot just because I'm trying to lose weight and I know how much it does bad for your body overall. It's but definitely not helpful. No, definitely <laughs> not. And um, But also just overall, I think, like you said, there's so many different reasons. You know, I don't, I'm not going to get too preachy on it, but um, I've spoken with some kids uh, in Al-Anon and Alentine mm-hmm. um, just because of the experience I had growing up and some of my... Um, the journey, I guess, so lack of a better term. And, um, yeah, it's really interesting, the community that's around, things like that, um, the support you can get, and the power of sharing your story, you know, yeah. or of just saying it, as we talked about, you know, putting the intention out there of just letting people know, hey, this is, you know, and how it opens doors for other people. It's yeah. just kind of crazy. Yeah, I think, I think people dismiss um, how powerful their stories are. I mean, and you know, they think, oh, it's it's just me, and this is just 
a thing I've dealt with my whole life. And it's like, yeah, but you can help a lot of people with that. I've seen that really a lot with Allison this last year and a half, two years. She's really her for to be honest it was a self-preservation thing this is my opinion of course but i mean i am living with her so i probably have a better (laughs) you know her talking about what was happening to her whether it was social media or when talking or people were asking it was her kind of way of dealing with her own personal therapy and now as she's been advocating and it's becoming more of a like her journey of becoming an advocate you know she Mm -hmm. um, has done some really cool things and had some really neat opportunities through her journey with rheumatoid arthritis mm-hmm. and said, hey, we were at Meyer, and this lady walks up to her and says, hey, I just have some questions for you. Do you mind? Oh, wow. And um, she goes, I'm really sorry to do this to you, Steve. And I said, no, you're all right. I go, this happens all the time, believe it or not. <laughs> so I just grabbed the cart and I just gave him some privacy, you know, and yeah. they probably talked 20 minutes, yeah. you know, and it's, so it, it, if you have the opportunity, you should always share your story. I guess this is where I'm going with that because you never know who's listening and yeah. who it can touch. You know, so whether it's having the courage to chase your dream down, yeah. you know, like you have, or anything else that goes along with that, you never know who you're going to inspire. Yeah, too many of us think that we're just screaming into the void yeah. and nobody's listening, but that's not true. And especially if you have kids. Yeah. One last thing I've learned with YouTube was is you always think, or vlogging, you always think my life's boring. Mm-hmm. Like I'm nobody. I'm not like Casey. I live in New York City and all that stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. Who's gonna? But it actually, it's your life, and it's kind of amazing. So and so, like us living in Alpena, to someone that lives in the desert, yeah, that never sees water, it's yeah. like holy cow! Wait, they have a lake and a river, <laughs> you know, like, you know, just things like that that never really cross your mind that that you take for granted. Um, that are that really is power in being able to share your story. So I agree. Well, oh, I wanted one more thing. So do you plan on expanding your self-defense class? Like, is there different levels that people can do? So this, you're... Um, it, there's a lot of different specialty things, uh, specialty courses that we can um, that we can do as well. Like, they just, um, there was an event in Berlin where it was called the Final Girls Film Festival, and it was all about horror movies. And they put together a workshop that was based on, like, it, it like the theme was zombie attack, but really it was about like crowd control and like when you're like if you're at a concert and then things kind of go awry, like how to save yourself in that kind of a wow. situation, things like that. So sky's the limit, really. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm in. Just like, <laughs> I just love that. It's that's that's crazy. You know, yeah. that's cool. So all right, cool. Yep. Well, and also, just side note, uh, roller derby's coming back this year. Nice. Yeah. So is it still going to be at Northern Lights Arena? Yes. Okay. When does it start? Do you um, know? We're going to start practicing again on Saturdays in April. Okay. And soon. then we're not sure when the, you know, depending on how many girls are coming back, how many we recruit, how quickly we get things together, how quickly we can put together a rough crew, that kind of thing um, will depend, will determine when we actually start games. But the uh, idea is for us to go back to home team to kind of regroup and those were some of the funnest games that we ever had the closest games that we ever had um and the best camaraderie in my opinion that we ever had so uh we're gonna go back to the roots and um yeah i'm really looking forward to it i heard somebody talking about roller derby the other day and they wanted to know someone like well that that does happen i just think they were new to the community and 
we're here, you know, with COVID, like recently, mm. like a year. And I was like, well, no, it, it is. It's just COVID that yeah. stopped everything. You yeah. Know what I mean? So that's so cool to hear. So, and yeah. your season runs it during the summer, correct? Right. When the ice is down at Northern Lights, we're skating. Okay. Awesome. All righty. Well, we will come back and we will do our top five. Hey, ride with me if you ride with me, you can slide with me if you feel like 550 on the fast you can get high. All right. Well, this week's top five is our top five martial arts movies. And yes, I did act like a teenage girl and said, OMG. So <laughs> this is why we're doing it. Yes. I turned into a teenage girl. So, all right. We'll start it off with Christy. Okay. I have a couple of honorable mentions. Yeah. So my first honorable mention is probably the most unexpected in Black Dynamite. Okay. Do so you remember that, like... Um, exploitation film that just mm -hmm. came out like a couple years ago. Dude throws a pair of eyeballs at a guy um, heavy on the nunchucks and um, it's silly and it's cheesy but they're self-aware and they're actually going for that so that makes it hilarious and it's fun and I do want to say that this is my personal top, um, top five not necessarily the best movie, <laughs> the best martial arts movies in the world. This, this is just through my lens. Um, and on that note, um, my second honorable mention is Kill Bill Volume 2, because I love the Pai Mei character. I thought he was a badass when he jumped on top of Uma Thurman's sword. I might have even gotten up and cheered in the theater when that happened. But in truth, that's a spaghetti, more of a spaghetti western than a martial arts movie, so I'm going to let that one go. Um, number five, also probably really unexpected. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme's Double Impact. Nice. Now, the reason I picked this one is because it was the one of the first times I was allowed to go to the movie theaters unsupervised by adults. So that was neat. And um, there's also Michigan ties to that movie in that uh, one of the guys who played one of the bad guys in the gang, the guy who wore the black spurs on his boots, um, was Blackie Dammit, who lived in Grand Rapids, and he was also Anthony Kiedis's father. And I met him when I was working in radio um, back in the day. He actually, I carpooled with him and another DJ down to Columbus, and because we were with Blackie, we had access to everything at these at this concert and we got to go backstage with the red hot chili peppers and stuff and it was wow. amazing so that's your number five that's my number okay. five <laughs> so i realized that christy hasn't been on since the new format which actually is really good so we'll stick with her format with the old format oh because what i meant i realized it would change we changed it what episode 75 i don't know oh, it's been a while it's been a while where we we draft and once you say it, you can't, it's pulled off the board. Oh! So usually what you do is you want to go after your first one because you want someone to take it from you. Oh. However, we will do this and that'll be okay. Because it actually makes you and me. Now we have to figure out, we have to pick five from our list, which is actually oh, no. kind of fun. So I go second, so I need to pick a number five. So, okay, hey, No, wow. it's good, it's good. I, I, I like it because... Uh, oh, wow, yeah, crap. <laughs> I know one, two, three, four. Oh my God. Okay. Oh no. <laughs> oh my God. This Did is I... happening right now. Okay. What? No, I just that I have to pick five. Yeah. Usually, 
usually your favorite one of usually like your top three one of the top three are gone so you yeah. don't have to worry about it so you have to kind of make it this longer list that we've done see like brad's goes eight pages because he can help himself <laughs> but um all right so my number five is going to be rush hour okay all right. good pick okay i'm glad i get to go first well, yeah, we'll just we'll work our way up to number one. Okay. And then we'll start at five, though. And then I don't know what my honorable mentions are because I don't know when I'm going to leave off the board yet. Yeah. But that's okay. <laughs> right. That's so much work for you guys. Oh, man. All right. Honestly, picking number five was some of the hardest yeah. for me because yeah. I was just, like, I kept putting things in three or four and then moving it back to five and... Through the yeah, that, that's what he, him picking out number five is yeah, just yeah, actually one and two is always easy, right? It's yeah, like, oh, well, it's one or yeah. two, but yeah, you're right. Three, four, and five are hard. Right. My number five is going to be one of the dumbest movies I've ever seen, but it was so dumb it was good. And it's Miami Connection. I've never seen it. I haven't either. You need to check it out. Okay, I'm writing it down right now. It's I heard about it on a podcast I listened to called How Did This Get Made, where they talk about <laughs> dumb movies. And this movie was pretty bad, but it was worth it. So, Miami Connection. All right, number four. Number four is my wild card, Roadhouse. Oh, see, that's solid. <laughs> I mean... This is a movie I will always watch if it comes on TV. And Patrick Swayze is just America's darling. I mean, you just, you can't go wrong. I mean, I mean, not, and honestly, I got to be honest, my strategy with this was to pick stuff I didn't think you guys were going to pick. Okay. <laughs> so number four for me, I feel like the, I have to address the 13-year-old Steve in this top five. So the 13-year-old Steve would want me at some point in the top five to take Bloodsport. Oh, Because he yeah. used to go and rent that movie when he wasn't supposed to rent it because he wasn't old enough. And that's the movie that got me thinking about Double Impact. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> also in Double Impact, I think that's the where he was, in the, he was in the kitchen and then he had to jump up and did that like crazy splits on the counter. Okay, yep. So fun. All right. Well, since you took Bloodsport, I'm going to take Kickboxer as my number one. Kickboxer's okay. on my list. Okay. Can I ask you something? Yes. Yeah, I'll ask you too. Do you mm -hmm. have a Steven Seagal movie on your list? I do not. I've thought of one. But There's only one. You, you could really put on there, and I didn't put it either. Or well, Steven Seagal's an excellent one, isn't he? Yes. It's more of an action movie than a martial arts movie. I mean, most of his are more action than yeah. martial arts, but. It's hard to kill. That's hard to kill. There's only one movie that could make it, and it's hard to kill. You're right. Number three. Number three. Number three. Kill Bill Volume One. Uh, I know some, you're probably mad at me right now. No, no, I'm not. That's it's in my top three by far. Okay. So. Um, excessive use of blood. S such an homage to Bruce Lee. I mean, down to like the yellow and black outfit. Um, the way that she fought the crazy 88s is like almost exactly the fight scene that he did in Fist of Fury. The extreme close-ups of the eyes, like it was just, it was a love, it was Quentin Tarantino's love letter to Bruce Lee. Um, and it was super violent, but it was super 
feminine and you know just a revenge story and there's it's honestly probably the movie i quote the most often and um i just love it i mean just the line you and i have unfinished business so just good. that alone is just so gangster i just i love it oh my god i have to pick three now you have to pick three <laughs> sorry bud i had to take that one I don't know what to do. I feel like a disservice, so I leave a certain one out, but I have, okay. But she, I'm gonna, I'm still gonna go with the kill builds off the board. I feel okay with that. That's fine. But, because that, that actually. I know it was your number one. Because it takes the pressure off me. <laughs> was it your number so, one? Yeah, but. Oh, no kidding. It's my, um, oh. so I will do this. Legend of the Drunken Master, the newer one with Jackie Chan. Okay. It's my number three. It's a good pick. It is. It was literally the fifth movie I thought of when I started, like, I didn't start getting into things until right here at the 36 Chamber of Shaolin. Mm. That's when I started getting, I pulled, I pulled up a list on that movie. But right up until all of those, I thought of it on top of my head, so. Also an amazing album by the Wu-Tang Clan. Yes. <laughs> yes, it was. I don't know if I should take the one I... That you want the most? <laughs> I gotta do it just so you don't get it. But Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Oh. Like so you guys went a lot more modern than I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there. I, I do have some older ones here, but um, like I said, I went toward the end. It's the way we built the list. I also have a rule when we do these is... If I went up to my movie collection, like I physically have bought this movie, because mm -hmm. like, you know, obviously, you must like it if you bought it. Yeah. So my rule is with my top, like when I first do this, I always go, "What do you own?" So I always go with the movies that I bought. So that's why some of the older ones, although I do have two different versions of Enter the Dragon, but that's another conversation. <laughs> the only hardcore rule that I put in place was that it had to be a movie that was released in theaters. Nice. And not like a Netflix yeah. movie or a Hulu movie That's or something like that. We, ha we actually had that kind of floating around with the last one with the war movies. Oh, Because okay. there was like TV series, can we go ahead and slide that in? And then uh, there's a couple of Netflix movies, of course. You know, How do you say no to Cam? He's such a doll. I know. You know? He is. He, and he, he was a great, um, he was a good guest. Oh, I'm sure. He was. I'm sure. Uh, and I think it's, you know, you are a good guest too because I enjoy having people on that I know, but I don't, there's gaps where I don't know mm -hmm. about them. So it kind of fills it in that I always, I don't, I always get selfish with it from the aspect of I'm trying to fill those gaps in for myself. So I, I'm sure there's other people that would say, well, please ask them this, you know, <laughs> but I am, but I might already know that, but I always try to look at it. Maybe somebody else is, if I don't know that about you, maybe sure. they don't know that about you. So, yeah. and, uh, our list is, we built out this, we have a, a really good mix of people that have been on before, but people that have never been on because, you know, new people are in town, right? Yeah. So like, it's kind of fun to get some new people on and that are some of the newer people that are in town on here learn about them but it's also great to catch up on somebody like you you know griff was a great one because he you know he opened a whole new store and had one business of the year and yeah. so like it, you know there's just um it's a, it's a neat mix so yeah, yeah. all right number two. Oh no nope. go oh, ahead 
Did you pick your number three? Yes, Crouch and Tiger. Oh, yeah, you did. Uh, you, your spite pick. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, I can't believe I forgot spite. your spite pick. pick. Okay, was, so here's my... That's a strategic it was. My issue, because I didn't know we were doing it this way, is I had a tie for two. You, but You pick whatever you okay, want. Okay, I love the guest privileges. This is awesome. So my tie was Fist of Fury and Way of the Dragon. Fist of Fury, I mean, excessive use of the face push, you know, big inspiration for Kill Bill Volume 1, except for Uma Thurman didn't take her shirt off. And then you've got Way of the Dragon, which introduces Chuck Norris, who is like a national treasure. I know. But in my opinion, I feel like Chuck Norris is like a national treasure only because Bruce Lee isn't around anymore. I feel like he got that, like, as yeah. a, I don't know, like a... Cons- Consolation prize. Did I just make this harder? Nope, no, you didn't. Okay, good. <laughs> so I have to, pick, I have to pick an eighties movie with my number two slot, and then there's three different movies that I could pick. Well, one's in the seventies, so it's coming down into the the lighthearted one, or the one that's God Almighty. <laughs> I like the draft style. This is fun. I almost want to flip a coin and just let the destiny choose. Why don't you do a tie like I did? Or is I don't want to do a tie. Brad in a pit spot. No. All right, I'm gonna do Cry to Kid as my second one. Okay. Right. Nothing wrong with that. No, it's a it's a good number two pick. It's just, now I have to take another strategic pick. <laughs> And based off what Steve was saying, I'm going to have to take Enter the Dragon. Uh, oh! Such a scumbag. Okay, so Enter the Dragon was my number one. Yeah, that's a great number um, movie. But can we talk about how just effortlessly cool Bruce Lee was? I know. Like, just everything he did in that movie. Like, when um, Han got him in the stomach with that, like, Wolverine claw that he had, and Bruce Lee just looks at him, takes his finger, dips it in the blood tastes it and then just does like a bunch of badass stuff <laughs> and fights him in that like uh funhouse mirror um room and then kicks him into the wall that was the spinning wall that had like a javelin or whatever i don't even remember what kind of weapon it was sticking out of it and then walks out of the room just casually as the wall is spinning with this dead guy yeah. on it it was so awesome it's really good such a good movie it was. So we're at a standstill. No, you're right. So you could have your number one. That's awesome. Okay. I'm gonna pick a. I gotta pick a number one. So I'm gonna take Dragon and the Bruce Lee story. It's my number one then, because I kind of get to piggyback off Enter the Dragon. I feel like I'm cheating, but I'm not. Because <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. I probably watched that movie more probably than any other. Of well, not Kill Bill one. Never mind. <laughs> But the rest of this list, I've watched Dragon more probably than the rest of them. I flew from Alpena to, well, not straight. I flew from Chicago to Ireland straight, and I watched Kill Bill Volume 1 followed by Kill Bill Volume 2. Nice. And it was the best decision. Yeah. I didn't sleep. I should, probably should have slept. <laughs> yeah. But I was still feeling like it was a solid decision. Well, my number one's going to be Hero. Ooh, nice. okay. I just, I have once upon a once upon a time in China for my jelly movie, but here it was a really good movie. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no honorable mentions, Bradley. 
Oh, jeez, Pete. I'm only level limited to five. Five? All right. Five? <laughs> I thought I was pushing it with two. <laughs> well, Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. We'll go with the original one. Yeah. Even though I did like the newer one. I don't think I've seen either. The newer one is kind of weird. But uh, only because the first one existed. I yeah. think if I if I'd never watched the first yeah, one, and only put the DVD. second one really wasn't based on the video game. Yeah. I guess no. Okay. It's, yeah. Um, since Christy said "Way of the Dragon" and "Fist of Fury," I'll throw in the Chinese connection. And we'll go with Lionheart, another Jean-Claude oh Van Damme movie. You really chose a cheesy Jean-Claude. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Rumble in the Bronx. Oh, you're number one, yeah. yeah. You're number one, yeah. That we, I don't know. That has been in our friendship dialogue for a long time. So. It has. So, and for number five, the Last Dragon. Watched it the other night. So I have some weird ones. One, Chrissy might, and you might know this one. But I have. Honorable mention was Best of the Best. Do you remember Best of the Best? I've heard of it. Oh my god, it. it's such an old 80s movie that's like perfect. It's beautiful. <laughs> Only because it's like Ninja Assassin, which is probably one of the most gory movies I've ever seen in my entire life. That's oh, why yeah. it stuck with me, but that's also the reason I bought it. And then I will just use The Matrix. As also as Oh! Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I, when, I thought of the, when I saw The Matrix on the list, I was like, that kind of is Kung Fu. And then I was like, well, then do I get into John Wick? I, I can't get into John Well, there was the whole thing about, like, I mean, there was that entire scene of, like, I know karate. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's, I didn't even, oh, I like that. I like so, that a lot. That's where I'm at. But, um, yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Alrighty, so, that brings out top five. Christy, what are you doing this weekend? This upcoming weekend? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a great uh, question. I am going to be, oh, I'm cleaning out... The, um, I'm cleaning out our space at Northern Lights Arena so we can get Derby started. Nice. Yep. That's pretty cool. Brian, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, Skeeter and JoJo are supposed to come up this weekend. Again. Yes. So, seems like every podcast, they make plans to come up, but supposedly this defendant this time. Sorry. No, you're all right. Yeah. So, probably cool. just hang out with them. What am I doing this weekend? I know I have to work. But I thought I had something on my schedule, but it doesn't really matter, so it's not bad. Tomorrow night, we are going to the Alpena Boys Basketball District game. Ooh. But I'm going to try to have this aired and edited by Wednesday for National Women's Day. Awesome. So by then, it'll be all over Yeah. for us to talk about what we're doing tomorrow night. Yeah. But other than that, um, that's about it. I have a, it's kind of a low week for me, which I like. So, <laughs> Anything you want to tell the people? I want to tell the people that Brad has persevered through this broadcast. He is not feeling well, and it didn't show. Way to go, bud. I'm actually feeling better since I drank the water. Yeah. Hey! There you go. Highly recommend all day. But... <laughs> Christy, I, I, I debated whether to ask you this or not on this episode, but I think I will. Ooh, do it. Because I think out of all the people that we are going to have on, no one's probably going to have more contact or interaction with females. But Brad's single and looking for someone. So if you happen to see a lonely damsel that's in the gym. So Brad. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of what kind of lady are you looking for? I, I don't know. Just, what are your top five traits that you're looking for oh, in a woman? 
<laughs> Somebody who will talk, since I don't. Oh, okay. I need a talker. You need a talker? All right, all right, I'm taking notes. Yeah, I think, personally, as your best friend, a take charge of women, too, wouldn't it be a bad idea? Like, hey, this is what we're doing tonight. Would help yeah, you out. I, I mean, to. not someone that's, like, manipulative or controlling, like, crazy about it, but just like, hey, because you like to be home. Yeah. You like to be home. So someone that's going to say, hey, guess what we're doing tonight. We're going out. And then you're like, oh, fine. Uh, I have no problem doing that, but <laughs> I like staying at home. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with staying at home. Don't get me wrong. It's just, it's not every woman's dream to get the, oh, fine <laughs> response well, to oh, And the other part of the problem is, is that he's never going to find a woman staying at home. That's not true. Well, I guess that's not completely true. I but, love staying home. But it increases your odds if we get you out a little bit. Well, I know. So. Like this weekend I had a brunch and a wrestling meet, and I told my husband, please don't make me do anything next weekend. I just want to become toast. Last week was exhausting for me. There was just so many little social things going on, like hockey games and everything. We had Bird on the Bay. So it was yeah. just by the time that everything got done, I was just like... So a talker. A talker. Yeah. Talker, a, a decision maker, because you want her to pick out stuff to do. Yeah. Sometimes, yes. It's sometimes, okay. An easygoing I decision like maker. I don't. The amount of uncomfortableness in you right now but, is amazing. Hey, I love here's it. the thing. You're not going to find what you don't know you want. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So... Sit with it. Think about what you want. And then all of a sudden, that might be in view. Could be. I hope so. So do I. I. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) All right. We can wrap this up. I'll let let your uncomfortableness. So uncomfortable. And, but it's good. So. If you right. say so. Yeah. <laughs> Next week we're having my wife and Ray, her friend Raylan on the pod. Right. Oh, how fun! We are having. It's going to be kind of a depressing episode, but hopefully by the time we get it done, it'll be inspiring. Let's hope so. Because we're going to talk about why they're best friends, and they're both best friends because they both have really tough situations where they, mm-hmm. they you know, and also with their arthritis and. Um, I don't think Ray minds that I tell everyone that she has cancer. So mm-hmm. she, she's constantly battling cancer. So um, they have formed this unique bond of calling each other and leaning on each other and um, being able to uh, maybe empathize with what another's going through because not everyone has stuff like that going right. on. So um, we're going to talk about that. I don't know exactly how we're going to navigate it yet, but... The other side of the coin is those two girls want to start a podcast. Oh. So this is their gateway drug also as oh, well. So man. they're not only are they going to um, talk about their journey, but we're going to see, they're going to see if they like it. And if, they, and if they like it, then they're going to continue and start their own. And if they don't, then that's a great way for them to figure it out whether they want to try it or not. So They're going to help so many people. I know. Even if they just do this one off. Yeah. That's so, awesome. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thanks for having me on, you guys. Thanks for coming. Super fun. Maybe next always. year for season six. Anytime. Like Anytime. Good. I love having you on. I just think you're one badass cool chick. So, like, <gasps> um, I can't get enough of that type of... Um, <laughs> I feel the same way. There's a lot of women that I feel that way about. 
like uh, I think my wife's the one. I, oh, Cynthia, yeah. Cynthia was one of the people that were talking the other Saturday night about your class, which was last night. Yeah, my nights are so messed up from this stupid weekend. But um, and I forgot what she said. She worded it something along the lines of like she wants to become badass. Cynthia is badass, it, though. That's exactly what I said to her. Yeah, I go, but I I I, I like the idea of. I can understand why she wants to take the class. Oh, for sure. 100%. Yeah. But I just wanted to... I remember I stopped like, well, wait a minute. You are badass. Don't yeah. think you're not badass. But I can understand that too yeah. as well. So. That's what the whole class is about is just finding your inner badass. And, and she said that there was also... You do some a mental component too. Like, mm -hmm. you know, that... Um, she Honestly, she seemed more... Or just as excited about that as, you know, some of the skills that you would teach her or that she would learn, so... Alpina is full of us, full of us badass women. Yeah. It's 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 really it's really a blessing. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thanks. Yeah, that's a great outro story. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> like, ride with me if you ride with me, you can slide with me if you feel like 550 on the fast sticky, come get high with me, that's a deal, right? Ride with me if you ride with me, you can slide with me if you feel like 550 on the fast sticky, come get high with me, that's a deal, right?